There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood crime scene mini episode. Hi. It's Rachel. And I'm Desi. <laughs> wow, we really nailed that intro. <laughs> We're going to nail it one of these days. So... Let's start out with a pretty big true crime news story from this week, and that is that opening arguments for the Robert Durst trial have begun. Ooh. This, we're recording this Friday morning. This, these opening arguments began Wednesday in Los Angeles. This is the Robert Durst trial for the murder of Susan Berman, and the opening statement brought by the prosecution, they brought up the 1982 disappearance of Durst's wife, Kathy. Ooh. So they brought that up in their statements. Deputy District Attorney John Lewin said, quote, For any of you who've ever watched The Sopranos, the Pine Barrens were famous. The soil at the Pine Barrens is sand. It doesn't freeze. So if you kill somebody in the middle of winter, you need to have sand you can dig into. This is a notorious mafia burial ground. So Ooh. that's where... They're That's saying that Kathy is buried. The wife. The wife. And evidence presented at this trial is going to include phone records that prove that Kathy was buried there. Ooh. And he's like likening this whole thing to The Sopranos. I love it. To add another Hollywood twist. That was one of my favorite episodes with Christopher and Polly Walnuts. Uh, is that the Ukrainian furniture designers? Right. Weren't they in the Pine Barrens? Yeah. Yeah. That and they had to episode. eat the ketchup packet. That was honestly one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Right. It's so intense because it's just like, I like a episode of television that's one small set kind of. It's like a play. Yeah. And it's so, it's so tense. It's so like, contained. Yeah. It's very it contained. It was a very contained episode. That episode was tense as fuck, but also hilarious. Really funny. When they were eating those ketchup packets in the car, freezing to death. <laughs> or they had like the one shoe. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was just like every bad thing that could have happened just kept happening. There's something so visceral to me about like your foot going into snow and coming out without the shoe. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? I mean, probably. I, I remember that very clearly happening to me as a child, not when I lived in Florida, but when I lived in the mountains of California as a child for a brief period. Wait, what mountains did you live like in? Like up, up in like Lake Arrowhead. See, I never had snow as a kid. Yeah, it's really snowy up there, obviously. So yeah. I would have that often where my foot went. Or in New York, too, my foot would go in the snow. And then come out. And come out without your shoe. <laughs> like, but you're always wearing some dipshitty shoe, like sneakers, like canvas sneakers right. in winter because you're a dumb kid. But like, right. yeah, that feeling where your sock is just completely wet and you it's like two feet deep or something. When yeah. it's like that powdery snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, it's just yeah. like a bad feeling. So they're going to argue that these phone records prove. But I, I, I need to know, like, are they, have they dug up the Pine Barrens? I mean, it's a pretty big area. Right. You'd have to have some idea of where to even begin. Right. But they're just going to go based on, like, look, it's a pretty weird coincidence. This mafia burial ground was mentioned in these phone records. Yeah. That's where we think Kathy's buried. 
I mean, she could be buried there, but how would they find her? Right. Like they'd have to have someone lead them there probably. Yeah. I guess. And I guess dogs couldn't sniff it out. Well, dogs could sniff it out if you're over the body, but you have to get to that area, right? Like it's it's really huge. huge It's a huge area. It's a huge area. Robert's brother, Doug, is going to testify against against him. (laughs) Trump's favorite. (laughs) (laughs) He hates Douglas Durst. He hates Douglas Durst, but he he feels like Robert is getting a raw deal, right? Like, that's his thing. Yeah, he tweeted that in, like, 2013. He's like, uh, Doug really screwed over his brother. Yeah. It's like, do you know his brother murdered, like, three people? I like in Trump's mind that, like, disloyalty is worse than murder. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense in a way. Like, yeah. there's nothing worse than being disloyal, like... <laughs> It's very like mob mentality. It's a very, I mean mafia mentality, not mob mentality, but it, like you know what I mean. It's a very um it's, it's a very n- wild tweet. So the prosecution alleges that the motive for Durst killing Susan Berman in 2000 at her home in Los Angeles is that she was going to tell police about Robert murdering his wife Kathy. Right. So that's why they're leaning heavily on like look, he murdered Kathy. Here's where she's buried. We have to cover this case at some point. We're going to be covering for sure. this. I mean, I know on the mini, but like a deep dive on the whole deal. Yeah, we absolutely do. Because there is that LA connection and there's just, I think it's, I think it fits our theme. There's so many Hollywood connections to this case. Not only the movie with Ryan Gosling and Kirsten Dunst. Oh, right. I forgot good, about that. All good things. Yeah. But also Susan Berman murdered in Benedict Canyon. Right. And she has her own weird history as well. Uh, yeah, that I think would be interesting. Yeah, so. her dad had like a, a funny nickname, like her because her dad was like a mob guy, right? And she wrote a book, I think, or was writing a screenplay about it, right? She, yeah, she comes from a wild family, like herself. So yeah, I think it would be an interesting episode. So yeah, so that's like the beginning of the trial. Obviously, a million people sent me that, yeah, uh, and we will be covering this. Continue, like we'll continue to cover the trial in the mini episode. And we'll probably at some point put together a deep dive just on Durst yeah. and Susan. I think uh, we still have to try to go. To the trial? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we need have to go. To. Did, didn't someone email us about that? Oh, they might have. I'll have to check again. Okay. Um, yeah. I, we have to at least figure out if we can. I mean, this is like, this is where I want to be. I've just never been to a trial. I haven't either, like but that, this so, is the trial. Yeah, it would be interesting. For me, this is my trial of the century. Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, I think people forget the jinx was so big a few years ago. Like, he's just also such a weird guy. He's a weird guy. The thing about him that's so fucked up is that he just keeps murdering all over the place. He can't help it. And he's like constantly on trial, and he still hasn't been convicted. Like It's right. wild to me. Like The second alleged murder, because he wasn't convicted, convicted of it um the one in like houston or yeah the corpus one in christi or whatever. the one in corpus christi i believe in texas that one is so insane because like he definitively like did like we know he chopped up that body right he dismembered that body which and he did kill the person yeah but he claims it was in self-defense right. but then he chopped up the body afterwards which is a decidedly not killing someone in self-defense move. And then he also was like incognito, right? With like the woman's wig or something. Yeah, he was like going uh, like incognito as like uh, posing as this woman who was deaf. I mean, it's an insane story. 
Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, what are you thinking? None of this makes sense. And then also the way he got caught. Like, remember he had like $30,000 like in his car, but then he stole a sandwich. Like he stole a hoagie. Right. That's that's like not great. I'm just saying. <laughs> this, strategy. No, but this guy is like he, and because obviously it has to do with him being so rich, but he just like is like the Mr. Magoo of murder. Right. He randomly just doesn't get into a car crash, even though he's driving without glasses. <laughs> like, yeah. Somehow he manages to get to his destination. But everyone like, around him crashes. Everyone else. Yeah. Everyone around him is suffering, but like, yeah, it's wild. Cause he's not like a mastermind criminal who's no. getting away with this. He's like not trying at all. No, like, he's not even trying, but he can afford good defense attorneys basically. And he has yeah. unlimited funds to keep this shit up. Like, right. Wild. So yeah. And, and he burps a lot. <laughs> One of the most traumatizing moments in all of film for me <laughs> is, was that burp. Like, oh, just ugh. I can hear it. It's like for some reason so visceral it's to gro- me. It's grosser than an outright belch because I, it's an anxiety thing. Like that burp. I've seen it happen before with people where they feel like they have they they feel like they can't breathe, so they take in too much air. It's almost and then pinky. they have to get it. Yeah, there's something about it that's like related to something. Like else, like a mental condition. He just kept fucking burping yeah. during that interview in the Jinx. How do you do that when you know you're on mic? Like, <laughs> just the whole thing is gross. It's wild. Yeah. Again, if you haven't seen the Jinx, come on, guys, watch the Jinx. It's one of the best uh, true crime documentaries. I think. It's, I, think. I think it's, and it's not even just a documentary; it's a docu series. Yeah. So there's a lot of content. It's really good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Okay. On to something else equally as important. This is out of Pennsylvania, right? That's where Penn State is. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so the headline from the Daily Collegian reads, Gone but not forgotten, students, community members gather for Taco Bell vigil. Ooh. A Taco Bell that UPenn college students frequented shuttered its doors and they held a candlelight vigil to memorialize it, which I highly relate to. That's really funny. I wonder why it shut down. Uh, A student named Kevin Victor, who is a junior and he's majoring in computer science. He said, Taco Bell is not, is not gone. It is not forgotten, but it lives here in our sauce packets. You know, that guy has like a hundred sauce packets in a drawer in his dorm. Right. Absolutely. Or wherever he lives. Uh, so yeah, more than 250 people confirmed via Facebook that they would attend the event with over 500 interested in attending. The vigil took place outside the now former home of the popular fast food chain. The building's purple bell sign was gone. Its lights inside were dimmed and the boards covered its windows. This is making me sad. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I get sad when I think about fast food places that have closed near me. Or any kind right. of like restaurant that I loved. I'm in a Facebook group for my neighborhood and there's a Taco Bell that is under reconstruction and it has been for like a year. Oh no. And people are like, when is the Taco Bell going to open? <laughs> like they're literally in, in like freak out mode. They're like, I thought it was opening this week and it's still not open. And there's literally a Taco Bell like five minutes further away. <laughs> So I was like, are you insane? Like, like, yes, it's sort of like annoying that it's taking so long, but there is a Taco Bell and a Del Taco right. within like five minute radius. Look, like, if there was a Del Taco and a 
Taco Bell. Obviously, I'm going with the Del Taco. Right. But everyone's literally acting like this is like forever gone or something. It's just like funny how, but it's, it's like, cl- I kind of relate, but then at the same time, it's like drive two minutes more. There's another one yeah. that's close enough. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, I was really hoping when the Yoshinoya closed in my neighborhood that they would replace it with a Del Taco, but it's a Jack in the Box, which I like Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box is like, it's like, I never think to go to Jack in the Box, but I have enjoyed the tacos. I like the tacos. Their spicy, crispy chicken sandwich is good. I haven't explored beyond the tacos. It's good, Desi. Okay. I think you would I like it. <laughs> and I like it with the curly fries. Look, okay. this was my meal when I was a junkie. That was my one meal a week was the spicy chicken. Oh, right. The spicy, crispy chicken sandwich with curly fries and ranch. Well, and there was a Jack in the Box in the Red Hill Shopping Center in <laughs> I, well, that I've heard many tales of before it closed. Oh, yeah. I so I think a lot of one. people in San Anselmo that I know, that was like Jack in the Box was their thing. Right, like, right. Because there was that one at the Red Hill Shopping Center. No, the one I went to that they knew me at because it was I went there like once or twice a week. Only, only time I ate during the week. That's why I have fond memories yeah. of Jack in the Box. I'm going to give it a try. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. The next time I'm desperate at midnight. There's well, like a 24 hour one by well, me. We can do it like before we record since it's okay. open now. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's a fresh jack in the box. It's a fresh... I always love going to a fast food place right when they open because you know they're trying really hard <laughs> and the oil's all new. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's do that uh, one of these okay. weeks. Okay. Uh, we'll do a jack in the box deep dive. They did, re- they did open the Yoshinoya. They like just closed it in that location, but they opened another one literally a block away. I'm not a fan of Yoshinoya. Who eats there? If you if you eat at Yoshinoya, please email the and show. And you have to actually tell us why you like it. 
because it seems like the type of fast food that I would enjoy. Me too. I love Asian food and I want it fast. <laughs> like I like Panda Express. I love Panda. It's not like I'm a highfalutin, like I only have like super real Chinese food or Asian food. Like I like the generic shit. Like if it's good, like I like BF Chang's. I like Panda Express. We're really like, not snobs about food. People think we're snobs. No. We're not snobs. It has to be good. It just has That's to be my tasty. snob. Right. Yeah. So, and Yoshinoya, I've tried it at least a few times and I, it's fucking disgusting. I only like, tried it one time and it was so bad I couldn't even take more than two bites. I, that's how I felt because I had my niece used to like only want to eat there, so we'd ha- I had to go. Yeah, I mean she was a kid, but it was disgusting. I think the second time I went, I literally was like, I guess I'll get steamed white rice. Like that's literally all I'm gonna eat here. Like yeah, like with soy sauce or something. I can't remember what I did, but I was like, this food is gross. Like I literally cannot eat it. I got like a shrimp teriyaki bowl there. That was the only time I ate there, and it was the one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life. I am super picky about where I would get shrimp. But if you like. Yoshinoya, write into the show. Tell us what your order is. Not going to go back there. I'm traumatized, <laughs> but I'm curious. We like to hear other opinions. I want to hear also, and it's like, maybe I would see again. I don't know. Spend a few bucks to take one shitty bite. No, no, <laughs> can't do it. I'm like, okay. I'm like literally traumatized about it. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I'm just as traumatized about that as I was about the buttermilk incident. Oh. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Well, I have some good food stories, so we'll save it to Okay, the yeah, we'll save that. So that's the Taco Bell closed. Rest in peace, uh, that Taco Bell. <laughs> Rest in peace, that Taco Bell. <laughs> Another story that was pretty amazing comes out of Los Angeles. This is a local story. A guy stole a Lincoln Navigator outside of a church that had a coffin in it with a body. Oh, yeah, I saw that story. And, okay, so this is NBC Los Angeles. It says, felony charges were filed Monday against a 25-year-old man accused of stealing a Lincoln Navigator hearse with a woman's body inside from in front of a church in East Pasadena. James Juarez was expected to be arraigned in a downtown courtroom this afternoon on one count each of fleeing a peace officer's vehicle while driving recklessly and driving or taking a vehicle without consent. If convicted as charged, he faces a maximum sentence of more than three years in prison, according to the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. Juarez is accused of stealing the black SUV around 8.05 p.m. last Wednesday in front of St. Anthony Greek Orthodox Church in the 700 block of South Rosemead Boulevard. Um, And how everyone found out about this story, it kind of went viral on Twitter, is because... The Los Angeles County (laughs) Sheriff's Department did a tweet about it. Right. And this is the tweet that they did. (laughs) Out of all the bad decisions you have made, at least make one good one and bring back the deceased person and casket inside the navigator. (laughs) I remember seeing it. Which... It took such a turn. Like I was reading the tweet and I was like, why is this tweet in my timeline? Right. And then like halfway through, I was like, oh, well, that made it really interesting really quickly. Now I'm invested in this stolen car. And I remember people were like, I hope this is the only time I've ever wanted a car chase in my life. I mean, the poor woman, like whatever. The body? The body. Like, I mean, obviously I don't care about stuff like that, but people do take that kind of sacred whatever. Like you don't want the coffin falling out of a car and it's high speed chase. Like this is like a naked gun situation right if like the, if the coffin fell out it's comical in a way when you're not related to the story <laughs> yeah like, i would enjoy it i'm like oh my grandma would have liked <laughs> she would have thought this was funny but a lot of other people take it very seriously Absolutely. i get that it was more just like the tweet took this like huge turn the tweet was 
wild when you read it. It was yeah. like also the, the way they framed it. It was kind of like funnily scoldy. Like right, you've made a lot of bad decisions. It's like okay, dad. <laughs> like <laughs> like they're sitting down talking to you, and it, it's just like yeah. I had no idea where it was going, but it was definitely worth it. Right. Okay. So yeah, they caught him though. Okay. They and they him. got the body. And they got the body. He's taken into custody. So. I mean, in his defense, I doubt <laughs> that he realized what he was stealing. Like, yeah. Because he, you know what? The keys were inside the navigator. Right. So he, he just took the car. You would have never been like, there's a coffin with a body. He didn't That know. would have never crossed my mind. Because like, it's not like this car looks like a hearse. Right. It's a fucking Lincoln Navigator, which is a nice car. Look, this car is like a hundred times nicer than my car. And someone left the keys inside. Yeah. What kind of car is it exactly? It's a big black Lincoln Navigator. Is that an SUV? Yes, yeah, yeah, right, right. It's like a nice ass. Fucking is that car. what they're using for hearses now? Like, I mean, I guess. Like, I, I mean, I wonder if hearses even exist anymore. Like, like as if, like a car they manufacture, or they just use huge ass SUVs now. I I bet they use like a combination of both. I yeah. love an old school vintage hearse. Dude, I've wanted one since I was a kid. Same. I really want like a black one, like just I, like I want one from the seventies. Yeah, like an old school that looks like whatever Marilyn from the Munsters would drive. Like, yeah, yeah. I want something That's like that. That's what I want. That's Absolutely. my dream car. Donate to the Patreon so I can buy a hearse to drive around town <laughs> for our travel show. We just drive around in a hearse. Should I pick up the phone? My mom's calling. I'm not going to. We're recording live, aka no edits. Yeah. Okay. So don't pick up on your mom. Mom, I'm in the middle of recording a podcast, and this is making it into the podcast because I'm not editing today. (laughs) I love you. Bye. Okay. That was, like, really uneventful. I'm not going to cut it out because I'm lazy. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, The last news story is that Shell Silverstein's Sausalito houseboat is for sale. Ooh. Yeah. Dude, he had a fuck boat. I know. And this houseboat looks like it fucks. This is the horniest I've been all show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is from the SF Gate. Late poet Shel Silverstein's Sausalito houseboat listing for $780,000. Now, if you don't know where Sausalito is, that's in Marin County. It's right across the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. In it's San on the Francisco. water, pretty it's, much. Yeah. It's like Sausalito is like a total fucking tourist trap. Yes. It's very beautiful, but like growing up as a kid, every time I went there, it felt like a fucking mish. It yes. was just like I never went there for any other reason than to like one time I, uh, I don't even think I went to that sushi restaurant because it's so expensive, but like. It was like, it's just so touristy there. The only thing I've gone to Sausalito for is I like Heath Pottery and I've gone to the factory store a bunch, a few times at least. Yeah. Uh, So that's why I've been there. It's very cute. Very It's a very small town. So it can be really congested and crowded. Oh, wait. I went there to buy drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Pottery, drugs. Well, I mean, I went there to buy drugs uh, because my dealer lived on a houseboat at the time. (laughs) That's such a deal. He doesn't move. live there anymore, so don't fucking narc him. Yeah. Uh, no, it's cute. There's also a really good taco place, but it's literally like every taco is like $10. It's so expensive. Like, yeah. It's like an expensive little tourist trap. Like, I literally haven't been to Sausalito since I was in high school, so I don't know. And like, when I was going there, like to the houseboats, like, and these weren't like nice houseboats, these were just like whatever houseboats, right. like, uh, it was always like at night. 
Yeah. So like I wasn't like doing all the fun touristy restaurant shit. It's a very charming little town. Like yes. it's a little few streets that's sort of the heart of it. And so yeah, I have been there a few times, but I never go there to be in Sausalito. Like I specifically right. was going to the factory store, but which I, isn't even in the town. It's kind of on the outskirts. But, but I like, think people like to go there if they're visiting the Bay it's Area. It's really pretty. It's very pretty. It's cute. So Shell Silverstein, again, this is I'm reading this from SF Gate. It says the 1,200-square-foot floating home at 8 Liberty Dock was originally built in 1965 atop a World War II balloon barge and still possesses the rustic charm of an old relic with stained glass windows, unfurnished wood paneling, and worn hardwood floors. The top floor, <laughs> the top floor, floor sits under an atrium of glass. Ooh. And in the remodel, the owner also added several new windows, flooding rooms with light. So someone bought this after he died. Like, yeah, okay. and revamped it, but they still kept a lot of the old charm. Yeah, it sounds to like it. it. I would window, like to see it. I'm going to show you pictures. Okay. The windows sparkle with the morning light and afternoon sun, said listing agent Diane Andrews of Engel and Volkers. After purchasing the property in 2017, the new owner added a modern kitchen with white cabinets and stainless steel appliances, an oh, updated God. bathroom. Blends original stained glass windows with white subway tile and a Japanese soaking tub. I looked at this tub. It's fucking huge. And it sounds good to me. That's like, I'm not like a bath person, but if I had something like that, I'd take a bath. Like, Same. If I had a nice bathtub. I'm not sitting in my skanky bathtub. No. <laughs> for Look, hours. I, have a, I mean, my bathtub is fine, but it's like not very relaxing. No, it's like small. My, I have like a shitty, I live in a sh- I don't know if my landlady's outside. I live in a shitty Los Angeles apartment with a shitty bathtub. I'm not taking a soak in that thing. No. I mean, my bathtub is like a vintage bathtub, but it's small. Like, it's not like relaxing to sit in it. Like, yeah. Uh, but if I had a soaking tub, I probably would take more baths. I would definitely take more baths if I had like a big clawfoot You kind of want it, the water to be really high. Yeah. For me. No, I, yeah, my, I'm not. My my tub is so such a fucking piece of shit. Um, it's a huge transformation," said Andrews. "This was just a metal barge, and it has been modernized. It's quite eclectic and hip right now. Look, I'm sure it was very eclectic when Shell Silverstein was living there. Can you, I bet. Can you imagine the parties he was throwing Ugh, there? I'm weak. Can you imagine how horny <laughs> of a place that was? We all know my opinion on Shell Silverstein. He's and, the only one who eats pussy." From behind, like as far as a children's book author, <laughs> that's my opinion. You know it. Look at any picture of him; he's a monster. Like he wants to fucking get in there, yeah, into that pussy as 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 deep as he can go. No, he wanted he'll tongue it for hours. You know it. Hours. He loves it. It's his favorite activity. I love Shel Silverstein. I do too. And you know what? When I saw who what he looked like, I loved him even more. Because it was like, that's not a children's book author. He's dirty. He fucks. He's a dirty fucker. Yeah. <laughs> he's nasty and he gets into it. Like, right. He doesn't care about fluids. No. He's he, like into it. The more, the all better. over his beard. Yeah. And he loves it. He really does. <laughs> so um, he, here, I'm going to show you. Okay. The one weird thing I will note about this house, and I don't know, I'd like to think that this was something Shell Silverstein added, but it's probably, like, I think. The decor inside this place is like ugly as fuck. Like the new modern decor they added. It's just like very cold. Well, sometimes they stage houses with just boring, like, do you know what I mean? It's like not even the residence furniture. They'll like bring in shit to stage the house. The most odd and alarming feature of this houseboat is that the bed 
in the bedroom is suspended by chains. Oh. It is suspended by chains. It is a floating platform with a mattress on it. And even more disturbing is that for some reason, they the whole bedroom is decorated with Spider-Man shit. Okay. That's why. Like, why? Look, look at this. Hold why on. would you leave that in? Did he, like, produce Spider-Man or something? Like, no. Uh, like what? Not Chell Silverstein, but the owner. Oh, like, look at this. That's embarrassing, but maybe they're trying to sell it like, oh, it's the kid's room? I don't know. That but seems very this weird. This is a pretty horny-looking bed for a kid's room. <laughs> not, a not, swing bed? <laughs> I'm not saying the Spider-Man bed with the Spider-Man bedspread, I'm saying the fact that it's suspended by these right. big like industrial chains, that's creepy. It's kind of sex is, bed. It looks like a fuck bed. Like this is there there's no way they're saying this is for your kid. Yeah. It's just weird. The juxtaposition. It's a weird combo. And like on the walls of this bedroom there's like a bunch of like comic book shit. Oh. Huh. How do you get up onto this bed anyway? It's There must bizarre. be like a little step stool. This does look like a kid's room. I think they're trying to sell it as a kid's room. Like, look, a swing bed. The only time I've seen swing beds were like in bed and breakfast. But they're usually like not industrial like that. They're like florally. Do you know what I mean? Like they're trying to sell. I didn't stay in that room, but I remember seeing it as an option. To me, this is bordering on waterbed level. Cute in theory. Right. But actually really uncomfortable to sleep in. Yeah. Like I don't want to jump up there and have it still moving or move every time I roll over. Ugh. Oh, I makes, can already imagine me, it. Also, you're already, already on a boat. It. Do you really need more seasickness or right. like any gentle rocking? That's why I could never live on a houseboat. I don't want to be on the water. I don't want to be rocking. It sounds very unappealing to me, but maybe it's fine. I don't know. Look, some people are like houseboat enthusiasts. I think because you can almost get like a less expensive house in a neighborhood you might not be able to afford. But in Marin, that's still an $800,000 houseboat. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Right. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. It's still If really you want to live in a houseboat, email us and tell us why. <laughs> if you've lived on a houseboat, yeah. tell What's us that like? what that's like. Yeah. Because I am curious about like what the appeal is for people. Because right. for me, the appeal, at least it, where Marin County goes, I'm like, oh, that's a more affordable option. The, whenever I think about houseboats, I think of my bio dad because <laughs> he had, I remember my mom showing me a picture of him with a boat and, and she's like, I was like, is that a, she's like, here's where he lives. And I was like, is that a houseboat? And she's like, no, but it's a boat he lives on. What? <laughs> it wasn't a houseboat, it was but he lived on the boat. <laughs> like, cause it had like a room. Right. Do you know how like a boat might yeah. just have a little under area yeah, yeah, yeah. with like maybe a cot or something? Yeah. So it's like, she was like, no, it's not a houseboat, but it's a boat that he lives on. And I was like, that's not as cool. <laughs> like, that's a loser. <laughs> My dad's a loser. Oh, okay. Way to jazz it up for a second. Like, oh, look at this cool boat he lives on. <laughs> I just, I'm not a boat person. It's nothing that thrills me. And when I, when I hear stories where it's like, this billionaire bought a billion dollar yacht, I'm like, I would never spend my money on a boat. Like, I don't care to go, like, I'll go on someone's sailboat for free, maybe. Like, it's just such a production. I don't want it. It's like nothing that ever, I ever think of you doing. You know what I don't like is the motion of the ocean. Oh, I've gotten seasick before. The, yeah. Like the few times I've been on. I'm just not, just not for me. Yeah. It's not for me. But obviously, people like it. 
People fucking love boats. People love boats. Dude, they love going boating. That's not something I would spend my millions on if I had millions. I don't even want to go on like a party boat. Like that seems like a nightmare. And you know what? People love cruises too. I've been on one cruise. I didn't pay for it. Uh, I went on one party boat because I was like with someone in a band that was on it. And both of them were awful. Like it's just not my... The thing in New York, and I don't know if this still exists... You could go on a party boat or a boat and it would go out into international waters and then you could gamble. And that was like the appeal of it. Right. It was a way to gamble like without going anywhere or whatever. Yeah, but like what kind of gambling are we talking here? Like are do they have like a whole fucking casino set up? Because then no, I'm interested. It's like I don't remember because I, I don't really gamble. Just play cards <laughs> but that was what I randos. remember, like right. what it was. It was like this gambling thing. No, and I get that with like cruise ships, they have usually have casinos on boards of like the big, huge yeah. ones, you know? Like, and I guess. Just that, go to a casino. I just rather go to the desert. No, people love it. I they don't, love I don't it. know. Not for us. They like to have everything all in one place. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why I like Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Because everything's all in one place for me. Yeah. There. So Vegas is like a cruise but like on land yeah yeah okay okay um that's all my news stories this week we had some excellent listener emails our first one if you guys haven't listened to our main episode this week we did part one on evelyn nesbitt and in that story we talked about a sex swing or what this velvet swing was was used for now Megan sent us an email and she told us that the purpose of Stanford White having this red velvet swing and kicking the paper screen was uh, so that men could look up the women's dresses while they were swinging. Yeah. That was the whole deal. Like, and, and someone else on Twitter sent me like an article about like the whole weird thing about swings and women on swings. Right. Was like basically a way so guys could like take a peek. That's so imagine going through the production to just get a peek. I'm sorry. <laughs> like that's like the most horny move ever. Right. And uh Meg goes on to say um that these girls would have worn petticoats and loose open like bloomers, but not panties like we think of today. The guys would get an eyeful wall. Uh the girls, at least at the beginning, thought it was innocent fun. So that's really hot to wear all those pant like pantaloons and ruffles, but have no panties underneath. <laughs> That's yeah. like a hot look because you're like free flowing down there. Yeah, but you're like I'm all innocent, but am I? My <laughs> pussy's all open for you. <laughs> like seriously, but like could you catch a peek with all those bloomers? I guess if they're really stretching that leg up or really loose. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they took some of them off to go on the swing. I don't know. I bet you you could get a little glimpse if they kicked high enough, right? Right, because that was the point. They had to kick their legs up to touch that paper screen. Right. So I bet you what happened is the top part goes up, the bottom is falling, and then they get like a back view. Oh. Right? Yeah, Because they're kicking those legs up, so you're seeing the pussy from behind. Shel Silverstein would have ran right in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's my thing. (laughs) So, yeah, thanks for writing in. And we also have a listener email about someone who has used a sex swing before. Right. Because we asked our listeners to write in, have you used a sex swing? This listener wants to remain anonymous. She says, please don't use my name, but my husband bought a swing. The best way to describe how awkward it is, is, quote, a monkey trying to screw a football. My husband's words, 
It is completely awkward and uncomfortable. I am a small framed person and my butt barely fit in it. How it was used was him standing and trying to pull me towards him. Oh, that sounds like not worth the effort. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. It sounds like also I feel like it would hurt your butt after a while, like your bare ass on that yeah. thing. Also is the rough, I mean, I don't know what the material she's sitting on is, but would that slam into him? Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I guess it would have to be soft in some way. I just imagine like the leather or whatever it is on the swing, like digging into your buttocks. And if she says she's a small frame and right. it was tight on her. Sounds like it's not very inclusive for bigger people. It just sounds annoying already. Yeah. Yeah. That seems not awful. worth it. The no, it doesn't seem not worth, worth the squeeze. It's not worth it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Let's move on to movie TV podcast recommendations. Uh, my favorite podcast this week was the Love is Blind episode of Everyone's Business But Mine. Okay. That is my friend Kara's podcast. Oh. And she recaps reality TV. She does 90 Day Fiance. She does, she recapped Love is Blind. She does Housewives. She does Vanderpump. It's a, it's a grab bag of all reality. If you're a reality TV lover... She recaps all the biggest shows. Does she do it by herself? Yeah, she does it by herself. Oh. But in this particular episode, she had a guest on, a woman who has a podcast. Her name is Liz Bentley. Uh, I think the podcast name is Feathers in My Hair. Okay. I'll have to check it out. But Kara and Liz's recap, I agree with everything they said. Like, they were just spot on. Okay. With the, if you've seen Love is Blind, I love their recap of it. It was really funny, and I feel like their insights were really good. And, spoiler alert, I will be guesting on Kara's podcast to talk about the reunion for Love is Blind. Oh. So if you have been missing out on Love is Blind content on our mini episodes, you can hear me next week on her recap for the reunion episode. Okay. So stay tuned. I'll make another announcement when that episode comes out, but we just decided yesterday, I was like, hey, like, if if you need someone to recap the reunion, I'm here. So, yeah. The other recommendation I have for this week is season three of The Sinner is up. Okay. If you guys, I've, I'm pretty sure I talked about The Sinner yes. on this show. The first season stars Jessica Biel. It's like a, it's like a new case. Each season? Each season. Okay. So you could technically just start watching it season three, but I right. do like... Like there is some backstory or like at least there's like a thread narrative with the characters, but you could hypothetically just start watching this season. It's like right. a mystery detective-y type show. Uh-huh. It's on USA, but it's also available on Hulu. Anyway, I really like it. I like No, my friend a friend of mine also loves it. It's really good. I like the pacing of it. Like it's I really like Bill Pullman in it. He's like good. He looks so great with a beard. Ooh. Like, yeah, I feel like he's like a Desi guy because he's like kind of has this like like daddy professor look in the show, <laughs> even though he's like a detective. Yeah, but he's like, um, I feel like he'd just be really into his beard. Yeah, he sounds hot. I love he's it. like your type. Yeah. on this show. Cool. That's got me interested. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good. It's a good show. <clears throat> right. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I don't even know if these are recommendations, but I'm going to talk about them. The first thing is how disappointed I am in the documentary series on HBO, McMillions. Have you tried watching this yet? No. The only reason I haven't is because I listened to the swindled episode about Oh, this right, case. right, right. So I wasn't that interested. I was kind of interested because sometimes a documentary can add new thing. Like I'll always listen to something or watch something, yeah. even if I've listened because it's like, oh, maybe there'll be new more more yeah. details or I whatever. Just thought, I'm like, oh, I already got the gist of the case. Yeah, it's so boring. Really? Like I can't even. I haven't gotten through like 15 or 20 minutes of it. But it's not even the fact that I have heard the story. It's just the fact that it's so poorly done. Oh like, no! Like I don't know who put it together. And it could just be the people involved in the case aren't very interesting storytellers or something, but I can't get into it. And it's, wow. I, I kind of thought like, oh, this will be a perfect thing to watch like every night before I go to sleep or whatever. And I'll just pound through it. I feel uh, like they hyped it up so much and then I didn't hear anything about also, it. Also, HBO documentary, like crime documentaries They're are so good. good. So like it was extra shocking because it's like, this is for me like the weakest one. Well, that was like the only way I was going to watch it is because I was like, well, if HBO did it, right. I think, I think I thought there'd be some new elements for sure. Although I didn't love the Adnan one from maybe a year ago as well. So, I mean, I guess they have a few, few uh, bad ones, but like, yeah. So kind of disappointed in that. The other thing is like not a recommendation because I didn't see it yet, but I really want to see it. I almost did last night and and it didn't work out, but I want to see the new invisible man like really bad. Oh, the movie? Yeah. Let's go see it. I'm yeah. It's like, it looks like an element of story. Like the story, the the changes to the story look so good to me. Like when I see the trailer, I'm literally frightened. I, yeah. (laughs) Like it scares me. I mean, everyone says it's really good. Everyone who sees it. And I'm, I haven't read anything else about it because I want to go in totally. Right. I've just seen the trailer. I can't wait to see that. Did you see the can't, the new Candyman trailer? As well, I think that dropped this week. Oh yeah, yeah, that I'm looks really, really good. I'm super excited for the new Candyman. Um, I mean, I love the original Candyman. Me too. If you guys haven't seen 1992 Candyman, go watch it. It is. I think it's such, on. Each, I think it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it is too. It's so good. It's really scary. It's one of the scariest, like best horror movies. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, but the new one looks good, so I'm excited. Oh yeah, I'm really excited for the new one. So yeah, I don't have any recommendations. As you can probably tell from my voice, I've been kind of sick this week. Yeah, uh, and then I just haven't really watched that much uh, or listened to much out of, that I haven't already told you about. So yeah, that's that. Reply guy of the week. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, this is like really recent. I, I posted this on March 4th, 6.20 p.m. And I posted to Desi. I did like a public at reply to Desi. I said, I saw this and I thought of you. <laughs> and it's a picture of an I voted sticker. But instead of I voted, it says, I took two dicks at once. <laughs> and it has a little American flag next to it. You gotta love it. Desi replied, 
horny for democracy. (laughs) And I said, I love having my ballot box stuffed. And then a reply guy entered our conversation, which is like, we need to come up for a name for that because that is a reply guy move where two girls are having a conversation and they're like, I want in on this. Yeah. It's like, we don't know you, sir. Yeah. It's like beep, beep. Like he's just fucking bulldozing reversing. (laughs) And we're like, no, we're here. We're parked. Like (laughs) he said, any hanging chads? (laughs) There's so many things that he did wrong here. Like butting into a conversation between two women that was, although not private, kind of between them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then making a hanging chad joke in 2020 is just sad at this point. Like, is that your only reference to voting (laughs) that you have still? (laughs) Like, hanging chads? Like, Look, I don't even want to know what he was referencing, what sexual innuendo he was trying to make. That's where I was offended. Sir, please. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm just offended. I knew it was a joke of sexual innuendo, but I don't even want a hanging chad joke no matter what the innuendo is. I agree. I agree. But yeah, what exactly is that? A hanging chat. Like hanging balls? Because you were doing sexual innuendo with me, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yes. And you know what? That's the fundamental thing. I, I, I will not clutch my pearls at Desi sending me something raunchy and disgusting. But if you're a guy and I don't know you and you send me something disgusting, sir, please. I think that's a thing that a lot of people need to learn on the internet. Yeah. Uh, not just with the sexual stuff, but in general, a sense of familiarity. Like... I, like I was talking to my friend about this the other night and I said to him, I was like, the thing that some people don't get is like, you can be mean to me and dunk on me like fucking brutally and right. I'll laugh. If you come into my replies and try to dunk on me and I don't know you and in your mind, I know you're joking or trying to be like my pal, but it's like, it doesn't work because no. we don't have a relationship where I know you care about me. Like, <laughs> so it just comes off mean and not funny. Right. And then if I say to you like, uh, do I know you? And it's like, I'm joking. And it's like, it's one of those things where a lot of times they'll say to you, Oh, you can dish it out, but you can't take it. And it's like, but I've never dished it out to you. Right. And I'm just expected to take it. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know you and I've never dished it out and to I you. And I don't know your intention of what you're at replying to me. Yeah. It's such a classic guy move and reply guy move. It's like, no, you don't get to dunk on me. Like anyone else can dunk on me as hard as fucking. As long as they know you. Yeah. Like I can, I can take it right. and I will give it back. But like. You can't give it to me because I haven't given it back to you. And if I give it back to you, you're going to cry. Because <laughs> I have given it back a few times and they're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And it's like, yeah, like, don't mess with me. I have no, no scruples. <laughs> like so, this type of reply guy, the one that uh, butts into the conversation between two women. And it's not like a unique thing or an uncommon thing. It happens all the time. It kind of reminds me of the other kind of reply guy, which is, or the, I should say reply guys, which I had earlier this week where it was two reply guys arguing with each other in my mentions. Right. That's almost even worse. Cause I'm like, you know what? Take it outside. Take it outside my mentions. I don't want two reply or when they're having a conversation with each other in my mentions, like, I don't know you guys get out of here. Right. No, it's, it's I'm annoying. Block both of you. It's, it's really annoying. I did block someone this week or I like made them unfollow me. Like I soft block them. Yeah. I can't remember. There's like, if I have a short fuse, sometimes just one little thing will trigger me. And I can't even remember what it was. It might've been like a political thing 
where I don't even care vote, vote for who you want. I don't care. I have, I'm not going to give an opinion here, but don't come into my mentions with like, da 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 2020. Like, like don't reply to me with a candidate's hashtag. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, go away. I don't even know why you're doing this. Are you a bot? Like, I have no idea, but you're not following me anymore. Goodbye. Like, right. I don't need this, whatever this is. Like we have, look, Desi and I have a very low tolerance for bullshit at this point. I think the thing that people need to realize is maybe we sound harsh, but we're getting this shit like a hundred times a day. Right. So like it's, it's not just one guy doing something and we're some, like, fuck you. It's sometimes like, you're the last straw of that day. Yes. So it's like, it does seem unfair sometimes, but when you get it, enough of them, I think a lot of guys, like sometimes I think some of the reply guys have heard this segment and said to us, said things to us. Am like, I a reply am guy? I, I hope I'm not the reply guy. And it's like, it's not... I don't blame necessarily the reply guy. No. It's like you just have to understand the context. Right. Like you you probably don't get that many. Like they're always, I had people say like, I wish someone would reply to me. You know you <laughs> and don't. And it's like, yeah, I probably felt that way too when I had like 20 followers and like right. Twitter was like a much more usable platform. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like there's this benefit you get to having a higher follower account, but then there are some side effects that Plus, are not as good. Also, there's the fact that like if you're a listener of the show and you've replied to us, you're automatically the sweetest, perfect baby angel ever. And we love you. Right. There's some context there. Right. Because you're supporting us outside Unless you're of- some person who I muted recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love our listeners. That's yeah, different. Our listeners are great. Yeah. I have listeners that I, I know are listeners who reply to me a lot, and I'm not annoyed by them. No. Yeah. There's a, Look, we're talking about a very specific individual. Right. Okay. Their intentions are, we don't know what we could they write are. Up like, That's the problem. We could write up like a whole crime profile on this person. <laughs> yeah. Because it's very specific. <laughs> Wait, our friend had a really good reply guy this week. Uh, oh. Remember his Abby? Oh my God. Oh <laughs> he actually God. looked, his, like, Abby was funny because in the Abby, he actually looked like he was nervously saying something <laughs> and waiting for the response. It was like the perfect reply guy, Abby. He had it, the- like, it just illustrated what they must all feel like, like waiting for a fave or a response. It was wild. And I just love that our friend had the best response back to this guy. She was like, you've replied to me before and I'm, I'm still never going to think it's funny. Like, get out of my, <laughs> stop following me. Like, get, like she was just like, she had had it. She had had it with this guy and she wasn't like mad about it. She was just like, I get that you think you're funny. I'm never going to like any of, I'm never going to like any of your replies to me. Women are snapping. <laughs> Snapped. Women, That's why there's a whole. Women hole. be snapping. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, what'd you eat? Okay, I have a few interesting fast food stories for you. This one might have not been in the past week, but I didn't remember to tell you about it. I finally went to the Panda Express Innovation Kitchen in Pasadena. (gasps) You did? (laughs) Yes, I did. I happened to be by it. This, This is like a classic... Desi thing. Can you first explain to the listeners what the Panda Express Innovation Kitchen is? (laughs) I can kind of try. I don't know exactly. It's basically the Panda Express where they kind of invent dishes. So you can get things there that you can't get at any Panda Express. Oh my God. And they have something that they're very famous for, which was what I went for. Like, that's what I was like, I need to get this at some point. I can tell you that this dish did not appeal to me until someone said said one thing about it that instantly made me have have to get it. Basically, it's a wrap with orange mm. chicken. Ooh. But what sold me, what made me had to go to the innovation kitchen was that they told me the wrap 
that the wrap was a scallion pancake. Oh. <laughs> so when they said that, I was like, that elevates it to a must have for me. Like whatever, orange chicken and a burrito shell, like who the fuck cares? Like a flour tortilla. Yeah. But it's wrapped in a scallion Ooh. pancake, which is kind of like a flour tortilla, but with the scallion and all that. So I went to the innovation kitchen and I got the orange chicken and then you get like a side in it so you can get like the lo mein or whatever, like the rice or whatever. So yeah. it's like a burrito. It's like a Chinese burrito. Yeah. So I got the orange chicken, which by the way, I've never had before. It's very good. You've never had orange I chicken? I never had the Desi, orange you've chicken. you've never had orange chicken? I fuck? have had orange chicken, but not at Panda Express. Are you fucking kidding me? That's like their <laughs> famous, their most famous item. You know what? I like the... Uh, the hot and the the sweet fire the honey chicken. fire chicken. The sweet I like fire chicken. yeah, I like the sweet fire Desi, chicken. The orange chicken is so good. Uh, look, I was wrong for not trying it sooner. Isn't it amazing? Uh, so I got the lo mein, which I love their lo mein. I get it's it. So good. It's, <laughs> it's fucking like delicious. so fucking good. I don't know why it's so good. It's the noodles. I love it. It's really so I good. got the orange chicken with the lo mein wrapped in the scallion uh, pancake. You can get some sauces thrown in, like different oh my uh, stuff. God. It was. Literally, like, first of all, it's all carbs, but <laughs> it was so good. It was definitely worth the trip to go get it. That sounds amazing. It was really good. Can so, you tell me some other items on this innovation menu? To be honest, like, because I am so limited in what I order at Panda Express, it was hard for me to know what was more unusual like what wasn't a normal dish. Oh, I know their menu. Yeah. So I don't know their menu as well. So there was like some shrimp and beef dishes I had never seen before. You can also get a bowls. Can, you can't get yes. you can get bowls at, yeah. but these bowls you could get like a salad like a salad type bowl like oh. it was like slightly different variations like you, right. they had like a super green thing you could get oh they have that now that's what I got like two days ago oh had, but that might have been something from the innovation kitchen like they have that at my grocery store they have a Panda Express and oh. what I get like a great post gym whatever is like you get some super greens and some chicken and it's like really yummy yeah so you get like the kung pao chicken would be like healthier probably or they have that one the string bean fire. chicken oh i love the sweet the fire the sweet fire is great yeah. i mean it's like sweet and tasty yeah. and yummy so that would be like the things i saw like the green options that they don't typically had they had some other vegetables the vegetables are good there but the they had different ones at this place that i hadn't seen before yeah uh, different vegetable options i think one was like carrots with like um string bean or like they, uh, the sweet pea they have my favorite panda dish that i just don't see really anymore and i wonder if they just because it wasn't that popular but it was really popular with me it was their best fucking dish was the tofu and eggplant i love that dish do you remember that no one? i do i used to get that and Every that's time. like a dish i would typically never get but someone got it one time when we ordered a bunch of food from there and it was so good it's so good it was really good i can't i didn't know that they stopped serving that see sometimes i don't know if something's gone or they just don't have it that day i just feel like every time the last bunch of times i've gone i just have i just haven't seen it in a while and i feel like maybe it just wasn't that popular which is stupid because it's so good it was really good so yeah that's I highly recommend stopping there if you're in LA, especially on the east side. Uh, I could I could only eat half of it. That's how massive it is. Wow, uh, it was really good. But though. how good is that orange chicken? The orange chicken's good. It's so good. Yeah. So that was one thing. Last night, I went out with my friend. I didn't get a chance to go eat before, and then we took a really long walk, and I was fucking starving at the end. It was midnight. On my way home, I passed a McDonald's and I was like, you know, I'm like starving. Oh, I, I just took a 12,000 step walk 
So I was like, I haven't eaten all day except for like way earlier. Uh, I'm going to get four buttermilk <laughs> chicken tenders. And I was like, it's kind of like protein. Like it'll be fine. Go through the drive through. He's like, wait, I'll be right back, ma'am. I'm sorry. We don't have that. I was <gasps> like, fuck. So I was like, okay, there's another one closer to my house. Like on my drive home, uh, I'll stop there. Drive through. I didn't see it on the menu. What? And I said, do you have uh, the buttermilk chicken tenders? And he's like, hold on a second. <gasps> he's like, no, we don't have those. And I said, now, just tonight or forever? <laughs> Literally one of my saddest fast food moments. I, Rachel, my heart and everything sunk on me. I was like, this has been like a journey because I love the chicken selects. Rachel loves them too. They had the buttermilk chicken tenders and I didn't like them initially, but, but I, they got I got, I started liking them more. So it was kind of my thing I would get at McDonald's. They said that they're just out of them tonight. So I don't know if there's like a worldwide shortage of buttermilk tenders, but something was going on that those weren't available last night. I don't know if the order was delayed. Does this have anything to do with the coronavirus? I have no idea. <laughs> like, did they not, are they not shipping? Like I did hear something about shipping being sort of delayed or or behind or something like that. Oh I don't know what happened, God. but it was like, I was so mad. Then I was like, uh, I guess I'm just going to have to get fries. Cause that's the only other thing I really like at McDonald's other than the Sundays. So I was like, I'll get uh, a large fry. Drove away eating the fries. They were like the fries. We got that time no. where I threw them out the window. Soggy, no salt or what? like, but like splotchy salt. Like the top ones weren't salty. And the bottom ones were. And I was like, they must have been sitting in the tray forever. Like they weren't like fresh, but they were soggy, which I've honestly the worst fries. And I was like, I can't eat these. This is this really is not sad. worth the calories. So I just went home and went to sleep. This hungry. is really sad. <laughs> Very sad. I'm like devastated. It was such a bad because I was like, you know, I kind of tweeted this, but it's like I'm already in a desperate state if I'm going to McDonald's You're hungry. at midnight. You're hungry. I'm fucking hungry. Like, uh, And then this all happened. I'm really so, sorry, Desi. I know. I'm not going to hold it against McDonald's. <laughs> it was a really bad experience. If McDonald's is listening and you want to send me a gift card, <laughs> perhaps I would make up for it. <laughs> I didn't like tweet at you, but like you seriously. Know, how do we get a job to be like fast food influencers like for the companies? My friend Bill Oakley is a fat, like he started an Instagram. You should check out the Instagram. It's Bill Oakley. He's like a Simpsons writer. And then he started doing these fast food reviews on Instagram. And now he has like 30,000 followers. Like he's an, he's an influencer now. I mean, he's still a writer. So this is like the side project that blew up, but his Instagram stories, he gets sent boxes and boxes of fucking things to try out like literally 50 times a week. Like I, every message I have to him on Instagram is like, fuck you. Like, how do I get this job? Like he'll get like hot sauces and honeys and maple syrup. And then like fucking Jack in the box hats and t-shirts, like all this swag that all of it looks so good. Like he'll get like buns from a bun company, like an artisanal bun company, like biscuit dough, like just everything. I was like, I need to be a fast food influencer. I just feel like we need to start a food podcast so we can get sent food. (laughs) It's the natural progression for us. Is, right. But I feel like I would. I have such good input for fast food companies. Like I yes. have really good ideas. Well, I think I tweeted that something like that too last night where I was like, the only time I have abandonment issues 
is like when fast food companies or corporations take away food products. Like I never right. get over it more than even like my dad abandoning me. I will be more upset like a Vianetta I just or whatever like, for the rest of my life. I'm just saying fast food companies, much like tech companies, they really don't listen to the people who use their products. Right. Who are consuming the product. No. Because much like, you know, like I said before, like like Twitter or something, they always add these new things that like nobody wants. Nobody wants stories on Twitter. They don't listen because they don't have to. No. Because everyone still uses it or right. still goes to McDonald's. Right. Like, right. Like I didn't stop going to McDonald's because they stopped selling but chicken But I'm saying selects. it's fucking garbage and they should no. listen to the people instead of the weird people in charge making right. decisions for no fucking reason. Nobody wants fucking stories on Twitter. We have that on Instagram. Fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, the thing I'm saying is like everybody who like whatever like is our age or older wants Vianetta back from Briars. Literally everybody. And when I tweeted at Briars, I was like, hey, can you guys please, I'm begging you, bring the Vianetta cake back. They were like, check out our other ice cream. Like, no, that's not what I asked. And also bonbons. <laughs> Bring back Rondos or bonbons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Something. Do you, if, can you like, re- hello, the nostalgia factor alone would oh be selling. These people are so out. stupid. People love nostalgic products. Yeah. And people love limited edition. Even if you brought it back and said it was limited edition, you guys would sell out so quickly. Yeah. It's Just crazy. Do it for the people. We need to come up with a concept for a food podcast and yeah, then start it. Yeah, we do. It. We do. Because I think it'll be fun. But we yeah, really that's do. my food stories, uh, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We, uh, uh, we had some donuts. Oh, here. I got more donuts. Desi- we, once again, unsuccessfully did not get the Samoa cookie. They sold out uh, too donut. fast. They sold out too fast. So next year we'll try again. Right. I mean, but what, what can s- you do? But, you know, we had some delicious Trejo's donuts <laughs> this morning. You know, I'm not going to go to Trejo's and walk away empty handed. Uh, no. <laughs> you know what? Cinnamon sugar donut from there. Delicious. Yeah. We've decided it's churro. Like it's like a churro. They but should a donut. market it as churro donut. It's so. Good. It's really good because okay. it sounded more plain. No, it was really good. It was like yeah. such a perfect blend of like salt and sugar. Yeah, it was cinnamon. really good. It was really good. So that's that. We love you, Danny Trejo, and your donuts. <laughs> sponsor us, please. Sponsor <laughs> us. We'll trade for food. Seriously, <laughs> I'll do that shit for free. Just give me a cup. Toss me a couple donuts every now and then. <laughs> fucking love Trejo's. Did you know that they have like savory donut? I do. And I haven't had one yet. I haven't had it, but I was like waiting. There was kind of a long line and I saw that they had a breakfast sandwich and it's on the nacho donut. Oh, I know. Believe me. I, if that line didn't start moving, (laughs) I was seriously like, should I, I was like, should I get that? Like, right. Cause it was on a nacho donut, an egg, with avocado and it said Danny's hot sauce. Ooh. And I was like, that sounds so good. Yeah, like, it's probably really good. So yeah, I don't know. He Maybe makes one good day. Food. He has fucking like I know he's like I think he's sober, but like it's like stoner food. Like it is like that nacho donut is like what I would invent when I was like he smoking just, weed or something. But you know what? I'm sober too and I have I still have that brain. It's the, yeah, it's like a it's a mentality. It's a mentality. You don't even have to be a stoner to have that men. It's a specific mentality where you're like, what can I put together? That's genius. That's genius. And like with what I have in my house, right? And it's like I'm not making gross things when I'm like stoned or hungry. Even right. I'm putting together things that are creative and like, whoa! I just invented something good. No, like at Trejo's Tacos, he has a fried chicken quesadilla. That's, that thing is fucking good. That's inspired. 
I even like the fried chicken tacos in the lettuce cups. <laughs> like that's also kind of like you're like, I'm kind of healthy. Right. I'm having a salad. <laughs> and then you showed me something. He has a new fried chicken thing, right? He has a uh, Trejo's Taqueria has a new spicy fried chicken bowl. Yeah, that looks good. Anyway, okay. Whenever people ask us for or ask on the Facebook page, like I'm visiting LA, I always re- recommend his taqueria or his coffee and donut place. Yeah, and they're in Hollywood. They're all centrally located. So good, yeah. not expensive, just good food. Yeah, and he's such a good dude. So the I'm best. happy to support him. I love it. Yeah, I want he's, some swag. I do too. All right, that's okay, it. Bye. bye.